Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to the Imperfect Podcast, and I'm delighted to have another phenomenal heart-centered leader on the show today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. I met Jill Craven last year, and it was just a simple gesture of reaching out on LinkedIn, and we had been liking each other's posts and commenting. And again, she is the CEO of Thames Valley Children's Center, and I thought those self-sabotaging thoughts, she's a CEO, she might not want to engage. Not only did she engage, we connected on LinkedIn, she had me to her beautiful office at the Thames Valley Children's Center here in London, Ontario, and we just sat and had a beautiful free-flowing conversation for about an hour and a half about business and life and being moms and talking about our kids. And I really, really got to see outside of LinkedIn and her showcasing her expertise, what a beautiful heart-centered leader that she is. So Jill, welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. Thank you. What an introduction. Well, it's just been such an interesting time and I want to just dive right in here because this is going to be such a, a rich conversation. Now, you have such an interesting background. You were a pharmacist, and you were appointed to your role as the Chief Executive Officer of Thames Valley Children's Center last March of 2019, and I do believe you are the first female to hold this role. Is my knowledge correct there? Well, I think the center has been around for 70 years in different reiterations, so I can't say that for certain. I will say that the previous two CEOs have been male, and the last one started there 25 years ago. So at least it's been a long time. Exactly. Now, it's an interesting time. You are connected to one of our hospitals here, the Victoria Campus of London Health Sciences Center. And I was wondering if you would share with the listeners what you bring to your role as CEO and how do you serve as a heart-centered leader for Thames Valley Children's Center? Well, as you mentioned, I'm a pharmacist and I think like a lot of the leaders nowadays, we have interesting trajectories to get uh, where we're trying to get to or try to improve uh, ourselves as leaders and learn more. Um, I am fortunate to have been connected to LHSC as a leader as well, as a director of the London Regional Cancer Program, as well as the director of the Children's Hospital. We really value that connection with Children's Hospital at Thames Valley Children's Center. And for those that don't know, Thames Valley is a community organization that serves youth and children across 10 counties in the Southwest um, with physical or potentially behavioral speech uh, 
challenges. We, we see a wide range of kiddos from across the Southwest. Uh, I think, you know, in managing uh, an organization such as Thames Valley Children's Center, one of our key values is client and family-centered care. And I think that's really, uh, when you're leading with the heart, you tend to think about uh, the people that you're serving. So it's a serving uh, orientation, as well as uh, the staff that you're serving. So again, a serving leadership type of orientation. Um, leaders are, you know, how fortunate are we that we get uh, these excellent opportunities and wonderful experiences to think and work through solutions and problems. Uh, the flip side of that is we know that it comes with a lot of responsibility. So I think it's balancing that and always being open to learning and to try new and different things. Well, and I, I think you've navigated that really, really well from, from the time that I've known you, Jill. And I really would love to know if you would share some openness and perhaps a bit of vulnerability. The last 82 days have been challenging with the COVID-19 pandemic. And how have you had to shift your thinking, your leadership, and maybe share with us some of the trying times or days where you didn't know what was going to happen? Yeah, it's, it's certainly been a, an interesting experience. Uh, the last pandemic of this nature was 100 years ago. So um, we were discussing as a leadership team when we're making decisions, we don't even have any kind of history in our brains to say, you know, when this happened 20 years ago, this is what we did. Uh, we've got a lot of great leaders around the table, but we're navigating it. So I think one of the things we've really looked at, and you mentioned vulnerability, um, happy to share that there's been many sleepless nights. Uh, in fact, worrying about what this, this means to our clients and families. We decided to close face-to-face -face or in-person visits uh, March 13th and following the school boards of Ontario. And that caused, um, you know, we don't take that, that decision lightly. We were worried about our clients and families. And at that time, we didn't know how long it was going to last. So as we are navigating in this world, we're looking at virtual care. How do we connect with our clients and family and truly feeling uh, a deep uh, connection with them and uh, I, I, I guess, you know, their family, right? So we want to know how they're doing. And we, we're all worried about them. I think everybody's balancing their own individual worries with the worrying of our clients and families. When I think about the last 82 days, I think, you know, you have to be really humble, learn to, <laughs> to we've shared vulnerability as a team. Um, I've shared, uh, we have Zoom calls a lot and sometimes we say, okay, who's not up to adulting today, right? Is there anybody that needs a break? Encouraging people to take a step back and be honest and be able to, uh, some of it is that emotional intelligence of being aware when you're being hijacked. Uh, this morning I had a very frustrating uh, experience trying to submit something and it was report. And you know, I'm one of these people that I don't mind when hard is hard, but when easy is hard, I get a little frustrated. And I could tell that I was getting more and more frustrated and I had to lead a leadership meeting. So at the very beginning, I just shared with them, you know, I'm grumpy. I'm feeling a little bit frustrated today. And these are the reasons why it's not, not directed at any of you, but you should know that I'm, <laughs> I'm just starting this meeting, not in, in, in the place I normally do. So I think it's being able to look at yourself internally, see how you're feeling 
healing. And again, you know, all of us bring different skills and strengths to the tables and uh, relying on those around you. We have teams around us and we know that they're going to support us as well as we know when we have to support them. Well, and I, I love the vulnerability and just your honesty. I, I can honestly tell you with the executives that I work with coaching, they've done similar strategies. They've even had virtual happy hours, which may, which may seem unethical to some, but they're looking for other ways because they're using the term zombie because there's been so many Zoom calls. They're feeling like zombies. They're webinared out. And the one manager made it a mandatory uh, event to show up with either jogging pants or yoga pants. And you could dress up on the top in a suit and tie or a blazer, whatever you wanted. They've turned those moments into laughter, but have had that round circle, if you will, of how are you feeling today? So, you know, kudos to you for sharing that. I know how important it is for you as a heart-centered leader, you value that human connection, that point in business. It's, it's such a aspect of your business acumen, regardless of what you're working on. So what are some of the strategies that I'd love for you to share as the CEO that you have done to date to keep your employees engaged? Because it's been 82 days. Yeah. Um... And it's, uh, so when you talk about connecting, there's different ways to connect. So we have started a coffee time. So that means you can pop into the coffee Zoom meeting and um, you can, you know, you never know who's going to show up. So sometimes I pop in there as well, just to show them that I'm there to answer questions. It really isn't about, uh, you know, what do you, what are we doing? What about this? Do you have all the answers? It's more about listening to the challenges that people are facing in their day-to-day -day life. And uh, they don't expect answers from me, but I think they just expect that they're, they're being able to, to uh, share those with other people. So that's one thing. You know, I do reach out to a lot of my colleagues. There are a large group of children's treatment centers across Ontario. We are uh, organized under an organization called Empowered Kids Ontario. And I will tell you that we've been having those leadership check-ins. And um, yeah, we've had some of those fun ones as well. I have heard of others, um, others of our teams having pajama parties on Zoom and things like that. And I think that's really important. What we really try to do some at the end of our leadership huddles, we're calling them, uh, is share something good. You know, like we seem to be talking about this issue, that issue. And I make jokes as I'm sending out the agenda, you know, this is just going to be a nice and easy, quick conversation about how Thames Valley could potentially reopen, right? And, you know, knowing that that's a bit of a sarcasm and I know they know that, uh, I know that it's going to be a hard conversation. So I, I definitely try to inject some humor in our conversations as well as um, it's really helpful to have some colleagues that you trust uh, that you can reach out to and say, hey, this is, this is what I'm facing. What are you guys doing about this? I have to tell you, I am so impressed by the sector, and I'm sure this is happening all across Canada and the world, that we're all sharing things that we've learned. So if I come up with a message that I want to send 
on a communication to staff, then, you know, I often share it with my colleagues because sometimes they share theirs and I say, oh, I really like the way they phrased this. That's excellent. And I add it into mine where, and I do let them know that I'm shamelessly uh, copying because uh, imitation is the best form of flattery, I'm sure. Uh, when you talk about ways that I keep connected, I do do updates routinely um, to all staff and um, I've been labeling COVID update number, whatever it is, and I think I'm up to 13. Um, and some I haven't numbered, so I can't tell you that it's only 13, but it has been upwards of that. I've made three CEO videos to our clients and families, and right now we're working on another video um, in preparation for a potential reopening. And, and, and I'm looking at them and saying, what can you expect from us when you come in our doors? So a video of me wearing full protective, uh, personal protective equipment, what our reception area looks like with plexiglass. And we've also got a great team that has puppets called Kids on the Block and we're engaging them in it as well. So we're trying to make some of these fun. And uh, coming up with things on social media that we can share things with and our staff are continuing to reach out to clients. Our teams continue to meet. Um, you know, it's always impressive when you hear about uh, meetings that have 100 people on Zoom. <laughs> it's really quite impressive. Uh, we're continuing with things like an annual general meeting, but it's going to look different this year. It's going to be virtually as well as a staff recognition event. Um, it seems unfair that we wouldn't recognize our staff reaching significant milestones in being with us at Thames Valley. So we need to be able to uh, celebrate that with them. So it is, um, I guess I'm looking at it as not so much of, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a halt to what we were doing. It's just a new way to look at it and a new way to think about it. And I would say virtual care and things that we've discovered in reaching out to our families and that some of the success stories that we share, I think that's going to be an ongoing uh, tool that we can utilize to reach out to some of our families that might've had a harder time traveling into our center's locations. So lots of lessons learned and uh, adaptability is the key. I was writing an update for our board and I quoted Charles Darwin, you know, the survival of the species is based on adaptability. And I think that's what we've really been seeing. Innovation, adaption, you know, learn from it. If it didn't work, hey, that's okay, let's go on. So a learning attitude as well, let's try some stuff out. I think the other thing, and, and this is where we need to learn to forgive ourselves, that oftentimes we always want things to be perfect before we try them. And this is the time where actually we don't have that luxury. We're trying stuff out, seeing what works, tweaking it, adapting it, going on, and there's no judgment. You know, if it didn't work, it didn't work. Hey, we tried. Um, and let's get some feedback on how that worked for you as uh, staff or how it worked for you as a family. So I think it's, it's kind of a unique time. You know, it's really bringing a different part of our leadership brains to life. We're now looking at, you know, these innovative ways. Um, in the first couple of days, I will say that, uh, yeah, it was scary for our staff and we just wanted them to make sure that they felt supported from home and that we were doing all that we could to protect their safety. So we did the right thing um, in and letting the staff start working from home. Uh, we did have some people that were in our buildings that did critical business uh, 
operations and we continue to support them but it as we look to uh you know what do we do in the future we still want to maintain that staff safety client safety and work from a place of what works best for all of us i i think it's such an exemplary way that you have demonstrated that you are a heart-centered leader as the CEO of Thames Valley. I love that you have such a solid belief that you give your staff, your colleagues the right support. You realize your clients and their families, they will rise to the occasion on their own and feel good because you've been accountable and you're paving that way for that safe reopening. I also love about you, Jill, is that you you develop strategies and you involve uh, the the ability to promote and call upon and, and you inspire your staff to to fully participate in the creating because quite often I speak with people and clients and teams and they think because you have CEO after your name Jill that you know everything about everything. And I've had to, and I've had to say to people, stature doesn't mean like this immeasurable intelligence. Even though we know that you are an intelligent woman, it's just funny that I've loved seeing and witnessing and coaching through the leaders and the C-suite leaders and executive teams. I love that I've heard I've heard phrases like, "I don't know, but I'm going to find out." I'm only communicating to you what we know in this moment. And I think you framed it beautifully when you said, we don't have anything to compare this to. It was a hundred years ago that something like this happened. So it's almost like history in the making with these new compensatory strategies for leadership and really keeping your staff engaged and doing what you can in the moment. Because I still think we're, heading into that phase two reopening, but there's still a lot of, we don't know what we don't know, but that's okay. That's a great point. And, and oftentimes in my communications and my email updates, and again, I've tried to be very uh, consistent with those and some of our messaging, but a lot of it is around, I feel like I'm always sending you emails that say, I really don't know, but you know, keep the questions coming because if you're asking them, others are too. And um, I always end off with, you know, the commitment to keep them updated as I know things, because I think that's the other perception is that leadership knows things that they're, for whatever reason, not passing along sometimes. And honestly, we are working through, we're struggling just the same as staff. When we look at, you know, the reopening plans, and this isn't just for our organization, but others with families juggling uh, online learning, the absence of daycare and being able to return successfully to a physical location. Uh, there's a lot of challenges out there. You know, when we reached out to our families, they reflect what our staff are, you know, and some of them, when we were offering some of our virtual sessions, just, you know, I can't do this right now. I am too overwhelmed with what is going on. Reach out to me later. And it's like, absolutely. But you know, we're just doing a check-in to make sure you're okay and seeing what you need. It's the same sort of thing with staff, right? Like doing a check-in, what do you need? And I think that's been the messaging that's consistent is like, let us know what you need. Let us know where you have questions. I can't promise answers. Um, 
And I think some of us are, we never go into that. And I think my background as a pharmacist does me well. Uh, there is no way in my profession that I would ever guess at an answer, right? I would need to look it up if I didn't know. So it's a similar sort of mindset. I am never afraid to tell somebody when I don't know something, but I don't, you know, it's kind of like that problem on your back. If I just say, I don't know, and I walk away, they still have that problem. So you reach out, get it off their back and say, but I'm going to see what I can find out and get back to you on it. So I think it's relieving some of those burdens. Um, once we know about them, leave that with us, leave that with us. Good question. We're going to find that out. So I think some of it has been um, just relieving some of that burden. And again, you got to be aware of your own vulnerabilities. So I talk about the bag of rocks we often pick up, right? So there's a knapsack of rocks that we have on our back that's part of our personal life. And when we come to work, we put the knapsack of rocks down, hopefully, and pick up the knapsacks of rocks that's work. Well, right now, a lot of people are working from home and guess what? They're carrying two knapsacks. So they need to reach out to others that knapsacks may not be as full as others. And what I try to use, um, and I did use this in one of my staff communication is, you know, be kind, don't, don't place a rock inadvertently in someone else's knapsack. You don't know the path that they're trotting. So I think that's part of it is patience as well. I thank them consistently for their patience, the, um, the absolute uh, trust that they seem to continue to show. And I, I understand that that's a privilege that I enjoy. Um, the family centeredness that we have as all of us as employees of Thames Valley Children's Center, I just find it an incredible culture that I'm privileged to be part of that was started long before I got to work there as I've only been there for a year, but one that I'm very conscious of a keeper of the culture to not uh, let that go. So I think in these times, some of those things that I think about when I sit down to write what I want to write, I want to be authentic. Um, and I write from the heart. So a lot of times the way I'm speaking in my emails is the way you would have a conversation with me in the hallway. Well, that's a beautiful modality of communication right there. Now, there's many, many traits and characteristics to being a heart-centered leader. Without thinking, what are your top three that you possess and try to implement into each of your workday? Oh, um, so I think first of all, I always try to remember what I'm grateful for and thankful for at the beginning of each day. Um, I do a bit of a reflection. I think having uh, being a reflective leader is always very important. If there's a path that I stumble across during the day, <laughs> uh, being able to reflect on it afterwards and then actually forgive yourself. I think if you're more open to forgiving yourself, you forgive others as well. Um, I always try to have the conversation of imagine this is someone coming to you with what you're you're chastising yourself for. How would you respond to that? And why would you respond any differently than how you are treating yourself? Um, empathy is really important. Uh, again, and listening. So you can't be a heart you can't be a heart led leader if, if you do not listen to people. So I think that's part of it. And I don't just mean listen with your ears, it's listening with your full body and trying to be able to understand where they're coming from. Absolutely, and especially going with the point you just said about the backpack full of rocks and really being able to step into that other person's shoes and, and seeing life that day through their eyes because 
families are dealing with a lot. So nice lead into my next question. You know, I love talking about self-care. Yes, and, yes. And, and self-care being modeled as being a heart-centered leader. Yeah. How have you gone about modeling your own self-care? I know you shared a little bit on about the team calls, but what other elements of self-care have you shared personally with your team to ensure they're not getting overwhelmed, fatigued, burnt out? So one of the things early on I kept messaging actually to staff and our leadership team is learn your boundaries and turn off news, turn off social media. I have found, I found that at the beginning, I was constantly listening to every single update, every single piece of information. I was looking at the John Hopkins coronavirus map, you know, all this stuff. And it really heightens your anxiety when you keep listening to this. And Facebook used to be, or Facebook or whatever social media you use, right? Used to be kind of fun. You'd see people's pictures and where they were traveling to and pictures of their grandkids and things like that. Um, I actually made a conscious decision on my feed to kind of focus on things like, here's a hummingbird in my backyard. Here's an Oriole. I've never had Orioles in my backyard. So again, some of those tips I've said, just really look and see how you're feeling as you're reading these things. And if it's increasing your anxiety level, give it a break. Um, it's interesting. I had started to train for a 5k run, which was for a city road race. Uh, that was in um, April actually. And they did it virtually. It was very cool but I kept that up. So I'm also a firm believer of taking care of your mind and as well as your physical. So, um, you know, before we connected, uh, I mentioned I had a leadership call. I wanted to do a bit of a, um, you know, reflective moment as well as kind of put that behind me and then focus on this. Uh, so I went for a walk. I mean, I'm a firm believer in going for walks. I've done this uh, a long time, uh, that even if it's in the middle of the day, a 10 minute walk really clears your head to giving yourself that permission to do so. Um, so that's one of those. I connect with my family. I am um, not seeing them in 3D as we call it, but we do FaceTime and things like that. So I found that very helpful. And we focus on what's going on in your life and how are you feeling and, you know, what's going on with your workplaces and things like that. Uh, we've been celebrating things in our family. My daughter did her PhD dissertation in a, in a Zoom meeting, you know, and, and got her PhD. So remembering and being thankful for things that are still ongoing. Uh, thankful for the fact that, you know, there's nice weather coming so we can get outside more than we used to in socially distanced ways or just in my backyard. So I think it's taking the time and allowing yourself a break. And I've been communicating things like that to my leadership team as well as to um, our staff. And of course, you know, there's always that fun uh, picture that you see, you know, with the Zoom meeting being compared to the Brady Bunch opening and things like that. I think the team have sent around a lot of those kind of fun things. Um, and I understand your comment about professionalism and all the rest of it, but sometimes we just, you know, hey guys, here's a laugh, you know, to, this is here's a Monday morning funny to start your day. So I think allowing people the permission that, you know, yes, we're in serious work and we're in serious uh, times right now, but that doesn't mean we have to let go of having fun. Absolutely. And like you said, it's uh, those backpacks are combined right now. And I think if we can instill a little fun and creativity and some humor in our day, 
it just allows the the new that we're doing to uh, to be a little bit easier. And laughter is always the best medicine. And I like you. I've been walking early on. Also turned off the news. So those are all good strategies. So I want to end our podcast with the Fab Four, and I have four great questions for you. And there's no thinking. It's just whatever's whatever's sitting there can come out as the answer. There's no wrong answer. Okay. So here we go. What is your favorite restaurant and why? Oh, <laughs> actually, so this is going to sound funny, but there is a uh, there's a place called the Fireside Grill that's close to my home, and they we go there every Friday night, and we just love the people there. And they started the takeout business, so we've been supporting them with takeout. I just love it because it's just that family little restaurant around where we live. It is. That's a great restaurant. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you've been, again, supporting local with takeout. So you're still getting that, that experience. Yeah. What, what makes you sad? Oh, what makes me sad? Um, uh, my anxiety, yeah, sad. I'm thinking about all those people that are living in a different situation than I am right now. So I am thankful to be employed and be able to do the work that I'm doing. But I also recognize there's a lot of people that are in a different position. So what makes me sad is thinking about those families struggling. Um, I often think about our children. So I think about those kids that um, require us in a different way than virtually and being able to get to them. I also think about those people that are dealing with difficult diagnoses and potentially they're on different wait lists because of what's happening with COVID-19 and they're struggling with that anxiety. And I also get sad that I can't see my daughters. Yes. <laughs> I'm yes. human too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And my last question is, who would you love to meet that is a heart-centered leader and why? Oh, I would think uh, Brene Brown. Absolutely. <laughs> she has, uh, she has definitely had some books that I rely on as a leader in, in, in particular, you know, uh, the imperfect self and being able to recognize that and forgive yourself. Uh, she also also got another great book about dare to lead, right? And what that means. So I would love to meet her. Yes, I, I'm a big fan, and I also love her new podcast, uh, Unlocking Us, and, and recommend anyone to listen to that every Wednesday. Well, as always, I can always count on you for an intellectual, stimulating conversation. Uh, I value your friendship. I value your mentorship. I'm happy we are colleagues, and thank you for spending time with me today. I hope you've enjoyed this talk. And it's just an honor to witness your heart-centered leadership from afar and uh, just really know that uh, you're looked up to from, uh, from my lens. Oh, thank you. I really value our friendship as well. So I want to thank everybody for listening to the Imperfect Podcast today. And I always leave you with four things to think about. Follow your heart. Have passion. Do your best and know your truth because it's all about being in love with the journey. This is Deb Crow, and I look forward to spending time with you next week on the Imperfect Podcast.